0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Three Major Sports. Uh, our apologies for the delay between episodes. I know you all can't wait to listen to us. And we have made you wait. I apologize. Uh, I am once again joined by my co-host on the West Coast, Mr. Rob. What's up, bro? Hello, sir. Hello, hello. And I am Enrique, as usual, joining you from Muggy, South Florida. Homestead, baby. Homestead. So, Homestead. Uh, it's been a while since uh, we talk in a public forum like this, so let's jump right into it. There are a couple of things, and actually, considering the amount of time it's been, most everything is quite recent events. So we're going to hit uh, the MLB trade deadline today as one of the major, major blockbusters of probably the last 40 years in terms of trades. Yeah, Uh, Went down, right? Huge hauls going in both directions for the teams involved. So we'll talk about that as well as the other trades that might shape up the pennant races as we head towards the playoffs. The new expanded playoffs with more teams in it, meaning more chance for crazy nonsense to go down uh, in the playoffs. So that'll be fun. And then we are going to shift to the NFL. We're going to talk about what everybody else is talking about. And of course, at the center of the football universe are our two irrelevant teams who have (laughs) won nothing in forever. Um, Yet here we sit as the two teams that everybody's talking about. Talk about the Dolphins' failed attempt at bringing in Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Failed attempts at bringing him in. And then we are going to shift and talk about the Cleveland Browns quarterback and his oh why what's he doing? particular situation currently probably crapping his pants but other than <laughs> no, no, nothing else right now is the thing. Um, why
1: he, he, he can sit for a year and lose a million bucks he still gets 229.
0: Right. Eh, well I guess you're right <laughs> I guess you are right. but when they on the, around the word indefinite. Yeah, yeah. Well, the fan base. See, we can't. We're not. We're not starting here. We're not starting. I know. I know. I'm sorry. We we almost derailed ourselves. We almost derailed ourselves. So we are obviously going to talk about um, football and those things going on with the Dolphins and the Browns. As you can already tell, they are highly emotional conversations that have tested the lengths of our relationship currently (laughs) as friends. So it's been fun. It's been fun. So we're going to talk about that and hopefully. Hopefully, this isn't the last episode of our series ever. <laughs> um, so let's start. Let's start with baseball then. So the trade deadline was this past Tuesday. Today is Friday, August fifth. For anybody keeping track, uh, so August second was Tuesday, six p.m. Eastern was the deadline, and so it was a quiet trade deadline up until like Monday afternoon. Right before that, Friday, Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds was traded to the Mariners. That's He's a great pitcher who has had – he hasn't even had a down year. He had a really bad first two months of the season and has since pitched pretty well. And he got moved to Seattle, who is all of a sudden primed for, like, a playoff run. They're not uh, – I don't think they hold one of the top seven spots right now, but I think if they don't, they're out of it by very, very few games, which is – I mean, so for those who don't know, the Seattle Mariners, I do believe, hold the longest playoff drought in the four major sports right now. Since I think two thousand two, two thousand and one was the last time that they made the playoffs. Um, so let's see where they stand right now. And I hear that they're clicking, actually so in so the second. Be... Yeah, they're
1: actually in the second wild card spot. So they do hold. Oh, nice! Currently. So they moved up.
0: Yeah. Sweet. So, the way. That the wild card works this year, everybody. So, traditionally, baseball we have five playoff teams, right? Three division winners, a wild card one, wild card two, who play a one-game playoff, and then you go into the actual tournament with four teams. That is no more. We have modernized the bracket. We have included more teams, so there are seven teams that make the playoffs now. It is um, three division winners. Where did I get, how is it seven? Three division winners? No, it's three
1: six. Pl- it, it's six. No. Three division winners, three wild cards.
0: Oh, um, my, I'm, no, 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 but I thought the first, the first seed got um, a buy of the first round. Well, there's,
1: there's how many divisions? Three each, right? Oh, there are four, there are, no, oh, there are three, yeah, there's three divisions. <clears throat> yeah and then when you look at the wild card standings it gives you the first three and then everybody else's games behind yeah so it's three division that. winners three wild card this seems
0: um even better now that means that nobody's getting a buy i must be confusing this with football because number one to get a buy in football yeah the same seven team setup so yep six teams as opposed to five but that's good because we eliminate that one game playoff nonsense everybody goes in with a series now right um so you don't – you know, you can't get lucky one day and take somebody out who finished with a better record than you. You've got to win a series. So, right. the Mariners are in position to actually make the playoffs right now. We have about two months left of baseball, a little bit less, probably like seven weeks. Um, so, let's see how that goes for them. This kid, Julio Rodriguez, who – I mean, I was – I picked him to win the Home Run Derby. I feel like he introduced himself to a ton of fans during that Home Run Derby. Uh, that kid's for real. That kid's already – it's his first season 20 home runs 20 stolen bases they're going to be really good so adding pitching uh to help that run though that i mean when they score runs help keep the opposition down is going to help them tremendously in trying to make the playoffs and they did so with luis castillo so he's a a really good pitcher i think that this is going to be really good for them anything from you on that particular trade that's just where we started
1: yeah uh no i mean I, i i really like it um the the city has really gotten behind the team. They're excited to have, uh, you know, a team that that's competitive and, and it does look like they're sort of all, not all in. I mean, they, they know that their future looks brighter than just this season, but they're, they're certainly willing to, to, you know,
0: push the little
1: extra chips in the, in the center and, and say, okay, now's the time. So, uh, I mean, they made a lot of good moves in the off season Um, getting uh, Suarez and Winker mm-hmm. from uh, Cincinnati and then trying to bring up some of their young guys they've had um, I think Kalinic has started to hit better but yeah he's been uh, such a bust yeah he's he's been rough uh, which the fear after that first like couple weeks or month of the season was oh my god Julio's is, is too uh, and then like you said right. he sort of turned it around and, and he's been awesome so um yeah, no, I think both I throwing think up that pitching staff, that was great for, for the morale of the team, for, uh, for the city just having something to get behind. And, and I do think that, that they probably will finish in that top six somewhere.
0: Yeah, and that, I mean, Luis Castillo comes in and automatically becomes the ace of that staff, they, who also brought in Robbie Ray over the offseason, who won the Cy Young last year. Uh, right. They've got this young kid, Logan Gilbert, who, uh, who came up mid-last season, and did all right, but he's done really well this year. He was one of their top pitching prospects, so it's good that that's panning out for him. So they've got they've got a chance, man. They can um, if they can put up some runs, which it does look like they'll be able to. Uh, this pitching staff should be able to help them. I don't know enough about their bullpen to comment, but with that starting rotation, if you can get six seven innings out of them, which is not unlikely from the first three names that we talked about then you can have something something going with them so
1: yeah yeah i mean they have a decent bullpen uh they've got looks like five guys in their pen that all have eras at three or below um Mm -hmm. and like 3.02 and below that so three guys in the twos a dude in the ones and then someone at 3.02 so They do have a lot of good middle relievers, uh, low on the save end. The the highest guy with saves is 13. So um, sort of a a closer by committee situation. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're they're good enough to win a short series, I would assume.
0: Yeah, they should be. And it also depends on who they're going to line up against because – Right. Like right now, let's see who – they are in the five spots, so they would go up against the two. Which is probably Houston. Behind the Yankees. Yeah. League. It is Houston. Um, and actually, it's got them – oh, because they're not – they're actually the fourth best team in the American League, but because they're not a division winner. Uh, right. They got to settle back in behind the Twins, meaning if you guys can overtake the Twins, which are only one game behind them, you would end up in a top three seed. But you'd probably have to eat uh, Toronto.
1: Toronto, yep. Not, yeah, not great.
0: Not a great look.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll get into that as we go through because I, I do consider the Guardians one of the losers of the trade deadline, but but we'll go into that yeah. sort of why I'm not too upset about it.
0: Yep. All right, so. That's what. Uh, that's pretty much a Mariners outcome. That's the most Mariners baseball we've ever talked about. Uh, <laughs> so anybody listening in the Pacific Northwest around our friend there, just uh, you're welcome. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to go next? Who else had a great before? Obviously the obvious. We're not. We're gonna hit, We're gonna hit the Padres last because the Padres yeah. just the Padres did things. Um, but you know what? So did the Yankees. The Yankees is somebody who we can talk about. So they brought in uh, Benintendi to help in the outfield from the Royals. The Royals are big sellers right now. Uh, They're just blowing whatever concept of a team they had left, they are blowing it up other than Salvi, it seems. Um, So they brought in Benintendi, and they also brought in Harrison Harrison Bader. Harrison Bader. They got Harrison Bader for Jordan Montgomery, and no Yankees fan should be upset at that at any point. Like, Jordan Montgomery is an okay pitcher, who has way more ups and downs that I would want from somebody who's consistently in my starting rotation versus a, an outfielder, a center fielder who's got an arm like Bader. He's not terrible at the plate, uh, but defensively, like they were throwing around Aaron judge, sometimes John Carlo uh, and then plug in a center fielder, Aaron Hicks or anywhere when he's constantly hurt. or so whoever else they got like this. Now you have a real, now you can sit Giancarlo at DH and not have him be a defensive liability because as bro, he's a masher, but he moves like he's made of stone. Yeah. Uh, he's not a fluid outfielder. Never has been. Not here, not there. So right. you can sit him in the DH spot and just let him mash. Judge is good enough. Um, and then you got Bader and you've got Benintendi. And it's like, man, now this team who's been absolutely phenomenal this year just got better. Um, so that's the major things the Yankees did. I'm trying to look. I know they did, I know they added
1: something else. And uh, I think that covered most of it. I mean, honestly, there's not a, we don't really need to talk about them too much just because they, they stayed, they were the number one seed going into the trade deadline. They're going to oh, be the yeah. number one seed going into the playoffs. So, uh, I mean, they didn't get worse for sure. I don't know how much nope. better they got, but the, the guys they got aren't really going to be everyday starters for them. Uh, they'll just, you know, they'll have, They'll have some pieces to plug and play in the playoffs in case of injury. um, Well, Ben, and and Bader
0: are going to be everyday starters for them. You think so? I absolutely do. Um, They would have already played some games. Let's see if they've played. uh, Let's check out their schedule for the past couple of days and see if they have played anything. Uh, Let's go straight to Bader here.
1: They played the Mariners yesterday. Actually, it looks like they were here. Or no, they were in,
0: no, no, they they're were in New, New York.
1: York. Yeah. Ben Benintendi played, but not Bader. At least yesterday. Uh okay. And that and Bader's gonna be a more who's
0: pitching kind of thing because and that was sort of my
1: thought is you'll have guys that you can sort of plug and play because now they have like five or six outfielders so they're they're not going to just use the same three every single time it'll depend on who who's hurt who's you know like you said who's pitching uh, if they need defense later in the game so it'll it'll be sort of a plug and play and that's the idea they want enough pieces that in any situation they'd be able to arrange things to still have the upper hand and and teams like like the Yankees and the Dodgers that's what they do Bader hasn't played yet because he didn't play on Wednesday, um, and Hicks played. So if Hicks is healthy, just, they probably will play Hicks. I
0: guess if he's healthy,
1: but that yeah. I mean,
0: and I'm not even that sold on Aaron Hicks. Like he's been there no. forever. I don't know how he keeps his job, but there shouldn't be anything to keep him from losing it. Oh, well, the Yankees play the Cardinals starting today. So, oh, that's right. Jordan Montgomery's first start is against the Yankees. He's going to be starting tomorrow. Yeah, that's funny. Excellent. So. The Yanks came in on top. They leave on top. Uh, yeah. They made some good moves. So
1: Yeah, yeah whatever. And I actually uh, think that was a good trade for the Cardinals, too, because they needed starting pitching. And, and right. you know, as, as inconsistent I, – I, I obviously don't watch as much as you do, but as inconsistent as Jordan Montgomery has been, um, they still needed starters. So, between him and Quintana, I think they did fine at the deadline even giving up Harrison Bader. So, yeah, I thought yeah. Those, were, those were both good. Um, Cardinals you could maybe throw on the loser side of the deadline only because they didn't get Juan Soto but um, I think that their offense is going to be just fine over the next five years with the guys they do have with Arnato and Goldschmidt and Goldie and Goldie um, yeah.
0: yeah they should be alright They and we've had this conversation uh, more privately but I, I just the Cardinals are never I don't feel they're ever a real threat to anything they're just the most Consistent above-average, below-elite team like of the past 20 years. They're always in the playoffs, and that's a lot like thanks to due to the division they play in, right? They win the division pretty much handily every year between, you know, the Reds' ineptitude, the, the Pirates get the fuck out of here. They, um, like the Cubs are up and down, the Brewers, the Cubs, right? The Brewers the have been Cubs pretty are consistent, Brewers, but. are the only ones that can displace them usually as, as division champs in the past couple years, and even when they do, the Cardinals still get in on the wild card for the most part. Um, uh, yeah. but then when was their last World Series appearance, right? Like, it's I can't name it. I know that they've got they've won two in the past 20 years, which blows my mind that again it's one of the, it's like we were talking about the Royals title the other day like oh that's right that happened that's kind of how I feel about the Cardinals stuff like there's been nothing extraordinary about this team except the fact that they have been extraordinarily consistent at being just above average but below elite and so I don't know I feel like I I'm going to continue to talk about them in that manner until they prove me wrong uh, I get that they got Goldschmidt uh, and Arenado recently into this fold but I mean, this is a team that had prime Albert Pujols for years and years and years, right? So it's not like they've never had superstars and they're doing this off of the wit of their general manager and, you know, making great decisions. Saying, no, you've had good players, too, and you you still haven't done it. But I guess when you have two of them uh, in 20 years, I guess that's enough to just kind of keep moving whatever. I don't see them as as any sort of threat. Like, I just don't. I don't see that team going in the playoffs and, like, knocking off anybody above them in the end. like the Mets or the Braves or something like that, or the Dodgers or the Padres. Like, I don't see that.
1: Yeah. Well, the, the interesting part about the Cardinals is, like, you always just sort of assume when these guys like Arnado and Goldschmidt become available that they're going to go to one of these large markets. And St. Louis has been fairly consistent over the last couple decades of they go get those guys. And not only do they go get them, but then they resign them and keep them there as, like, like franchise stalwarts like Matt holiday was the first one I could really well no I mean Mark McGuire was the first one that you could think of but Matt holiday was after that where it was like he was good in Oakland then he went to, to St. Louis and you remember him as a cardinal and and that's sort of what they do they swoop in for you know being a middle of the country relatively small market they swoop in get these big guys out of out of places they don't want to be then they pay him and keep them, you know, for another decade. I mean, I'm, I would not be surprised if both of those guys retire as Cardinals. Like, that's just sort of yeah, that's I what they've either. done. But um,
0: they yeah, just never I, have pitching. I, I they, it's always hitters.
1: They they have a hard time going to get those pitchers uh, to do the same stuff. Mark Muller I mean, was the last pitcher I could remember. No, they had or Adam, Adam Wainwright. Wainwright. They had Wainwright with yeah. Cy
0: Young. But, I mean, it's just you yeah, like, yeah, Cy yeah, Young yeah. seasons. Yeah. And um, and Michael Walker. This is his second eh. stint, right? This is his second stint with the Cardinals, is it not? Yeah,
1: but he wasn't. He wasn't all that. He got hurt. And there's uh, there's another
0: one that I'm that I'm forgetting that was with Wainwright, and now I'm just it's never going to come to me. But let me tell you that you inspired what I think should be an entire episode. We bring friend of the pod Doug back on. You named Matt Holiday, and you said everybody remembers him as a Cardinal. When you say Matt Holiday, sir, I exclusively see a Colorado Rocky. So this would be a lot of fun ah. to. To Wasn't he in Rocky? Yeah, first. Oh. Um, but he was a Rocky too towards the end. But he was oh. with the Rockies, I believe, for a while. I see a Rocky. So. Okay. You still, still with me?
1: Yeah, I couldn't hear you, but I'm, yeah, I'm still here. Somebody,
0: uh, somebody called my phone. So. Let's oh. phone <laughs> um, so. Yeah, I see him as a Rocky. So, like, we should have a game where we just start bringing up, a, like, just random 90s and early 2000s baseball players and give uh, – where does this person play? Who do they play for? Because there's some that will – that will be a fun game. Anyway, that's um, the Cardinals. Yeah, that's the Cardinals in a nutshell. They, they didn't have – I guess you could say they didn't have enough pitching despite winning two World Series. Um, generational catcher, the machine, Albert there for years, and now they've got Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, so let's see, let's see what they can do. I still don't think that they win a series in the playoffs. Um, and I'm pretty confident in picking either of those NL East teams and either of those NL West teams over them.
1: Yeah, right now, for sure. For sure. But what I guess my, my point with the Cardinals is they always position themselves that if there's a position, if there's a way to strike and get one of those guys, they will always be in on it. The same way that, you know, Juan Soto is becoming available. You would think big market teams all around. And yet this team in the middle of the country, which is not typically where big stars go and then stay forever. They're still in on them, which is unusual. That's, that's really all I'm saying. And, and that's, I guess, coming from my Cleveland background, we would never be in on those guys. I know that our names were mentioned with Soto, but I don't think he would have ever signed an extension, but he right. would in St. Louis. And, and I think that goes to how intelligent the, the club is and um, also the respect that their fan base gets around the league. That's all I'll say.
0: All right, well, and that's all good, and, and I'm not taking it away from that. Um, I just at the end of the day, when it comes to the game on the field, I'm not picking them to win those particular. Not right now. This year, no, right, no even no. with those players, so
1: yeah, no, they don't have the pitching to compete with any of those guys
0: for sure. Right. So, there's the Cardinals, uh, the Braves. The Braves went out and just did work. Um, so they called that. They called the Angels. Who, man. I don't even know what to say about the angels anymore, but yeah, I I just blow it up. Like blow it up for real. Stop holding these people hostage there. I said it. Uh, So the Braves (laughs) add uh, Ricelli Iglesias from the angels to be their closer. That's been one of the issues that the Braves for as good of a team they are, they're running closer by committee and that's bound to blow up. With Kenley Jansen? Yeah. I don't think he's even in that committee. I think he's exclusively set up now. It was like, Will Smith and who they traded, by the way. Right. Um, what's this other guy's name? Uh, AJ Minter and somebody else. Uh, but now it's—I I assume it's just going to fall to Iglesias. He was closing for the Angels. What what close opportunities he had. Um, he's got like 19 saves for the season. I don't think his ERA is as good as it's been in the past, but it's still a better than what they've been working with I think in Atlanta and he's got experience like he's been closing for some years Um, uh, I get it was it was with the Reds too but he has seen the Cardinals a lot and a lot of these other NL teams that um that Atlanta's going to be facing so I think it was a good pickup for them he's got a 4.04 ERA 1.07 whip uh but 16 saves on the season so he has not pitched yet for them ever since they acquired him. But that's one of the things that the Braves did. They also went out and got Jaco Odorizzi from the Astros. Um, and that's who they sent Will Smith for. So Will right. Smith is now part of the Astros. And what was the other thing that they did? They designated Robinson Cano. Um, man, I read the list of, of Braves things the other day, and I was like, man, these people were – just wheeling and dealing all day and now I can't find all of them. I think those were the biggest ones. And I know the Iglesias one for sure is the biggest one that I wanted to mention yeah, because yeah, yeah, for sure. their starting pitching is incredible as it is. Their yeah. lineup, their lineup is incredible as it is. Um so adding a closer to the back of that rotation up to the back of that bullpen is gonna be key for them. I think that man, I think they're kind of flying under the radar, but I think they're primed to repeat like they can do it. If if like they can do it, they yeah. can win another World Series right now. Austin yeah, Riley sure. and and Matt Olson and Acuna and everybody that they've got, this team is just stacked.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, that they, they have as good a chance as the other as the other guys in the National League for sure. I mean i I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Mets in a in a series. I mean, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they beat the Dodgers in a series. So, yeah, no, I'm, they're they're up there.
0: Um, I as an NL East patron and my Marlins, um, I just wish that they weren't so freaking phenomenal because they're <laughs> in my division and it's been constant for basically my entire adult life. Yeah, but man, they're they're really good. They are really yeah. good, and they've got. I, I I would say as good a shot as anybody else to win. But yeah, that's no, that's not crazy. That's true. It's not crazy. But if I'm if you if you put a gun to my head, I'm still I'm probably putting up third in the national league though behind the teams that we are going to talk about uh, next. So uh, I will let you lead us into the Padres ordeal because you're a really big big fan of Juan Soto, it seems.
1: Well. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm as big of a fan of Juan Soto as I am of Fernando Tatis, which also is going to act like a deadline acquisition for them uh, since he has not played all year. But, yeah, I th- the Padres started the week off with their trade for Josh Hader. So they traded for uh, an elite closer, uh, someone who led the uh, – I was going to say the National League – led baseball in saves. Um, not having as good of a season as he has in the past – uh, but still fairly dominant. Um, they already they had the guy who was second <laughs> in baseball in saves in Tyler Rogers, so uh, flipped him to to Milwaukee for Hater. Started like that. Had a couple top prospects in that one. Then the the Soto and and we say Soto. We, even yesterday when we were talking about it. We didn't even mention that they also got Josh Bell, who's going to hit cleanup mm-hmm. for them. Um, I, I I'll have to bring it up real quick. The 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 size of the deal cannot really be like overstated. How five
0: players for these two, and some of them, really good, really good players. Mackenzie Gore is a really good pitcher. He was the number one pitching prospect in baseball as recently as like 2020. He came up in September last year. "Eh." He's been up this year. He had a really good start to the year. Uh, he's currently hurt. And, it, and his last few starts before going down were kind of crappy, but now everybody's kind of attributing them to them. Okay. His elbow was already a little hurt. Uh, but Mackenzie Gore is like a huge acquisition there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a big one. Um, I think the other three guys. Abrams. This, yeah. They, they're also in the Padres, which I believe the Padres had the number one farm system coming into the deadline. Yeah. Um, and they were three of their ten best prospects, uh, plus Gore, who was, you know, obviously at the top of that list, but had been in the majors for a while, so had recently been removed from it. Uh, but th- this was a massive haul for these two guys. Yeah. Bell obviously isn't necessarily a long term play, but but Soto, uh, you'd have to imagine is going to sign an extension there. Um, haven't seen any numbers like we did out of Washington, but you you know. A 13, 14-year deal at somewhere around $500 million is not crazy. I, I think that could be very close to what he ends up signing for, uh, which would obviously be the largest deal in professional sports. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it was a huge, monstrous trade, uh, and one that puts Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and Manny Machado in the middle of a lineup for seemingly – I know Machado isn't quite as long, but seemingly the next decade, which is – Pretty crazy to have that be the the center of your franchise. I mean, if they signed Soto to some
0: extension like that, they'd have a billion dollars in assets tied into three players. Uh, uh, that, yeah. That doesn't seem sustainable in a sport that we are constantly questioning how they continue to make the revenue that they do. Because, quite frankly, a lot of people find it just flat out boring and don't watch it as much on TV and. The in-stadium experience is almost just as boring if you're not – like, like I go to the baseball game and, like, I'm – like, I watch every pitch intently for the most part. Like, I see where defensive line, like, shifts are and where people are standing. Like, I love the game. But I could totally see how, like, there's a lot of people who just think it's boring. So to invest and wrap the future of your business um, into those three guys. Now, you can always trade them. You can always try to unload them at some point, right? They're still talented players. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's iffy with Machado, man. Machado can, come, he can go off a cliff any day. Like, I feel like he is good, but he's the most volatile of the three. Um, and Tatis, again, we had this conversation. And just because I don't think he's the best shortstop in the game right now, it doesn't mean I don't think he's really, really good. I really would put him at two. Um, I just think Trey Turner is the best shortstop in the game. Uh, but that is a separate conversation. But still, there's a lot of value rolled into Tatis. Um, yeah, and then Soto, I don't, I know they can afford it. I don't know if, I don't know if he would sign there. And I don't think that that would, even if you didn't get a guarantee of him signing there, I still think you pull the trigger on this because a two and a half year rental with what you already have on that squad is worth the haul. Like even if you know you've got a finite amount of time to get it done, that's three tries with yeah. a roster that's already ready to do it. So it's three raw tries and then two more tries with being able to add more between this offseason, and next trade deadline and then the one after that. So like, I still think you do it. I'm not as convinced he stays there. It's going to be a bidding war. He's Dominican. Uh, the Bronx seems like the place made for this dude in all seriousness. If we, if, and we know who his agent is, right? Cause it's Boris, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we know who his agent is. So we know what the game plan is going to be, which is just hold the league hostage for as much money as you can get. Um And we know who tends to answer those calls is And then on the, on his side of it, obviously the money would be appealing if he went to New York, but like just the environment, the culture, San Diego, yes, is a Hispanic culture. Right. But like, it's not just about speaking Spanish. It's a very Mexican culture and Caribbean. We're just much different people than Mexicans. Like we love our Mexican friends and brothers. Right. But we're just not the same. So I feel like if you get to choose and the money's going to be the same, that would be an environment. And Doug's gonna be pissed as hell because I, I just mentioned New York as being so great, and then I went straight to the Yankees. But I guess yeah. the Mets is, is a possibility too, uh, because it fits all the same descriptions that I just hit, and with this new dude, which I always forget his name. I always want to call him Steve Bannon, but I know that that's uh, it's Cohen that's the Clippers. Cohen. Oh, it's Cohen. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. Um, so yeah, I know with him, he's got endless deep pockets and he's going to make a run for him. So it's definitely a possibility, but like, I don't know. I just don't think, I don't think it's a shoe in that Soto just stays in San Diego, but I still, like I said, I still think you you give it the shot and you just go because you seem like the best shot to disrupt the best team right now, which is the Dodgers. Um, And try to get through it. I I still think that the Dodgers take them in the playoffs, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. That series starts today, actually. In LA, yeah. I
1: believe. So yeah. that'll be... And I will be tuning in on MLB.tv tonight, baby. <laughs> yeah, they, they still don't have Tatis back. So that should that should change yeah, things as the, as the time goes on. Um, one thing interesting about baseball contracts, which is different than the NFL and the NBA that we, we typically worry about this stuff with, is they don't have a length limit. I mean, they don't have a right. lot of limits on anything, but they don't have a length no. limit. So Tatis's deal... Yes, you know, you're talking about a billion dollars, but you're also, Tatis is spread out over 14 years. So that's a little bit right. different than, you know, a big deal for, for five or seven years.
0: Yeah, no. And, and and when you're talking to the 300 million plus, you're usually talking 10 years at least. Machado has what? A 10 yeah, year? Machado.
1: I think Machado was 10. Bryce Harper was 10. Um, yeah. I want to say Lindor is either 10 or 12. But then Tatis, I think maybe because he was so early in his career, he gave right, up a little bit more time. When he signed 23. Right, because it was only his second full season in the league. Yeah, um, yeah, his was his was 14. So he signed all the way through his age 37 season, <laughs> which seems insane. But, you know, it's $350 well, million dollars guaranteed. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, and I get that too.
0: But my, my viewing on that is, you can probably still get a good chunk at 30, like and signing a seven-year deal is still a tremendous payday. Uh, so I feel like they used his age against him, and he could have used it as his own leverage against them.
1: Yeah, but um, I, I think maybe that's, that's, just because of his dad's experience, and his dad played for a while, but he right. still – he had some injuries towards the end. I think I mean, what it does – is you're basically, you've guaranteed yourself $350 million if you break your leg tomorrow and can never play Oh, no, I,
0: I, I'm not going to blame the guy because if somebody yeah. came to me and said $350 million and you're my slave
1: for the rest of your life, I'm like, yeah, what the hell, I'm signing. Don't use that um. word. <laughs> mm. Damn it. Brady. No <laughs> fucking cancel no, no, no one's a slave for $350 million. Stop that. <laughs> this, this, I hate this. that connotations.
0: Very true. I meant more in the way of... Uh, you're She'll my employee the work, the for the work next 14 years. Yeah, yeah. I guess. But that's more yeah. than an employee. If I'm going to wait on somebody hand and foot, that is much more than an employee. But yes. well, yeah. Well, exactly. You're they're right. they're no, treated paid, very well. Paid. <laughs> paid, paid, paid. Got it, got it, right. got it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to blame the guy for taking it. But I feel like with a little bit of gamble, because, okay, like, sure, you do, you do seven for 225. Yeah. You're still talking 225 million fucking dollars. Like, yeah. Even if it's two hundred, like two you you know, your dad grew up barefoot on an island, bro. Like we're fucking winning. Yeah. And then you might be able to compound that into through
1: two or three hundred more later. I and I don't I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. Um I just I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with locking it in early. And locking it in to the point where, you know, you don't even know what I'm going to look like by the time I'm 26. Yeah, and we already no. saw what happened to him. He broke his wrist. And and yeah. the extension didn't kick in yet. He only got like 714,000 this year. But, uh, you know, let's say he breaks his wrist. He has some crazy, um, I, I can't think of the word that I want to use. Setbacks, that's the word crazy setbacks. And all of a sudden he can't field with that hand anymore or something like that. He still is getting $350 million. <laughs> like that's, I think that's the idea that he doesn't really have to worry about that the rest of his playing career. You know, even if he gets traded and he doesn't want to be in San Diego, cool. I already know what my contract is. Like, I don't, I don't, I guess there's not really a bad way to think of it. And, and, you know, from, from regular schmoes like us, it's like the idea between, 350 million and 450 million is is a big deal which it is but at a certain point like those are similar lifestyles. <laughs> yeah, no for sure. Your everyday situation isn't changing. Right, right. Exactly. Um,
0: all right, so San Diego obviously the big winners of the deadline. Yeah, um, for sure. They are now set up to face their arch nemesis in the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's going to happen in the playoffs at some sort. It would be a crime from the baseball gods for those two not to meet in, in a seven game
1: series, preferably. Um, yeah. so I'm, it, I'm it'll, really looking forward to that. It'll be, it'll probably be those four. I mean, the, the four we care about the, the Mets, the, yeah. the Braves, the Dodgers and the Padres. It'll be some mixture of that will be what the second round of the playoffs looks like. I would assume. Yeah, one of them's gonna one of them's gonna lose just by definition because they they almost have to. We've got uh, this
0: format wrong, dude. There's there's something that we're not getting about this playoff format because you can't start with <laughs> teams because then you got yeah. three left in the second round. So are we um, assuming that so it like, was the seven first round, was, and I just don't remember how it's seven. No, it's not it's seven. Top, it's gotta it's be seven. Seven. It's not. Gotta be seven. Look it up. Right, we all got Google machines.
1: Yeah. If anything, it's possible the first two teams – it's like the old NFL format where the first two teams get buys and then the bottom no, four teams only one play team. each other.
0: It's only one team. And I remember this. All right, so the number one seed will end up playing the winner of the 4-5 series. So we've got series in talk. Oh, my uh, God.
1: So does 6-5 yeah, yeah. play Winner, each other in three, one six, game? You know what? It is,
0: It is is first two. Um, four, three plays six, four plays five, one and two get out of the first round.
1: Okay. So, so then you've right. got – All right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you were correct there at the end. Um, so they are projecting that the Dodgers are first by, then Mets are the second. And then the Braves play San Diego – as a four, as a three-six, as a four-five, excuse me, and the Brewers and the Cardinals play each other as a three-six. So some interesting, um, interesting little matchups there would be there.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Braves and Cardinals, or Braves and uh, and Padres, would be pretty crazy. Braves and Padres
0: would be a lot of fun too. So, all right. Well, that's how that's gonna go. We have talked quite a bit of baseball. Let's. Switch gears and talk about the emotional stuff. <laughs> Sounds <That's> good. <laughs> All right, you want to start with uh, your shit show or mine? <laughs> we'll start with my shit show. All right, let's start with it. So, lead the way, man. Because I, I just I I don't I don't want to lead this conversation.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. It's not it's not fun for either of us. I'll I'll do it just because it's my team. But, um. So Deshaun Watson's situation, we already know the background. Uh, The ruling was handed down on Monday morning. We got word, I think, Sunday, that it was going to be announced Monday morning, uh, either Sunday or Friday, right before the week ended. Um, And they had the announcement on Monday that it was going to be six games. Uh, The league and the Players Association had three days to appeal. Uh, The league appealed after two days, uh, I believe by Wednesday. so um now a second uh arbitrator has been appointed to rule whether it should be six or more i assume or less i guess he could go either way on that too that seems incredibly unlikely but I, i believe that would also be on the table so he'll hear arguments uh Actually, no. I don't think he hears any arguments. I was reading this. Literally. He can only yeah. He
0: can only use the information that was already pointed out to the first arbiter, and then make his decision based on
1: that. Yeah. So the, he no. he probably has access to all of the stuff that the players' association Absolutely. argued, and then the stuff that the NFL argued, and then he will basically support the the ruling. Which I it's hard to say honestly. At this point, it's, I mean, just from like, if you're examining the situation and not passing judgment on what happened to cause the situation, if we're just examining how this part's gonna work. I would almost think that he would support the first arbiter's decision based upon the statutes that were set in place to begin with. Um, but if he reads things just completely differently than she did, and judges, you know, maybe not completely upon um, her ruling, but just a completely separate one. Then, it, I mean, it could be anything. It could be, it could be four games. It could be zero games. It could be a year. It could be indefinite. Right. And let's let's stop right there for a second. So,
0: her findings. I don't feel her decision supports her findings. Her report clearly states that the NFL provided they, they met their their burden of proof for these particular events, that he absolutely uh, put another person in danger. Like think the, the wording in, in her findings was incredibly strong and direct. And then she went on to call it nonviolent, which I'm sure that any survivor of any sort of sexual assault will tell you that whether it was physically violent or not, it is still violent because emotional violence is still violence. Um, and she doesn't specify physically violent. She says nonviolent. Uh, every, I, I honestly have no experience in the matter, neither from a, you know, being the aggressor or the aggressee. So I, I, couldn't put it into words. But everybody who has come out and mentioned anything who has some sort of experience with that, that's like, like that's like where they're like most offended by all this is that this woman would would say that just because you know he didn't strike her or not that it wasn't violent. Um, So she goes out and she says all these things, right? But then she only lays out six games when obviously the NFL was looking for way more. Um, The court of public opinion would have been way more satisfied with more. Um, It's like, I don't know. So if he were to take, like, I could totally see a world where he takes the exact situation. He even takes her report and reads it out loud and gives a different number and everything can still line up with like her original findings. And I think that we're headed somewhere in that general uh, vicinity of events that are about to happen. So this dude, this guy's name is Peter Harvey. He is a former New Jersey attorney general. He um, has served in, as a federal product prosecutor. He, his expertise is in criminal law, including domestic violence and sexual assault, right? So on paper, this guy looks like the perfect guy to pick. Um, but he's got a very strong relationship with the NFL. He has heard several team-related arbitrations in the past. He serves on NFL's newly formed diversity panel. So in this process now of appeals, which we didn't talk about, but because of how the CBA was worded and what the players agreed upon as well as the league, Roger Goodell in this appeal had the right to either appoint himself to hear it and just rule as the overlord that he is or uh, assign somebody to do it as a quote-unquote neutral arbiter. There's nothing neutral about Peter Harvey at this point, right? So we can almost just assume these are going to be Roger Goodell's words coming out of his mouth, uh, strictly from an optics perspective that Roger Goodell didn't do it himself because, like I said, then he really would be considered an overlord. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think we're headed somewhere in that direction. And I think that the NFL's game plan, if I'm just – I could be totally off base here, but if this is the plan, my game plan would be to stick with what this woman said originally – and just change the outcome because you can still fit her words to change a greater outcome. That's more satisfying to, you know, optics.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little more resigned to it maybe than I was at, at the beginning. Um, I, I do think emotion just gets, so. I mean, obviously emotion gets involved in this. We all have, right you know, me, we're both married, we both have daughters, we both have mothers, like I have a sister. No one wants or wants to root for someone who hurts women. That, I mean, that's a given, don't, no one wants that, of course. At the same time, you have to look at the situation where you're like, okay, so you're trying to say, and, and I guess this is the part that's confusing to me. I mean, obviously I've laid out to you privately how it doesn't come across like things don't seem to line up the way they normally would in a situation like this. And I, I get it. There isn't, you know, identical ways that everything has to happen. I get that. But A, how does the NFL meet their burden of proof yet? Two different grand juries decided that prosecutors could not. Okay. Like, can we stop and answer as we go?
0: Get, sure. Yeah. Well, cause we are not, the NFL is not, trying to prove that he committed a crime the nfl is trying to prove that he broke their code of conduct and okay. said, you cannot go to, like i can be fired from my job and not go to jail for what i was fired for right but you broke your company's code of con- so that's their, their burden of proof this isn't a court of law this is a a labor dispute so th- their burden of proof was just did you break our rules which is you know the nfl's personal code of conduct so yeah right, that, what, that's right? where that can
1: go and, and I think, I think where, my, where my issues are with, with all this stuff, because obviously I don't know any of these people personally, neither do you. Right. We're, we're just going off of what things are. And if you take emotion out of it and you're just looking at it as lining facts up with the way things are supposed to work, a, a code of conduct violation, as the example you just gave, would be just you did stuff that makes us look bad. You did stuff not beholden of someone in your position, so you should be penalized for that. In that facet, I agree. Even if I don't necessarily agree that maybe he's guilty of what he's accused of, I do agree that he's he's brought a black eye upon himself, upon the, both of his franchises, the Texans and the Browns, on the league itself. All of that has a black eye because of what he's accused of being. But we can't say this guy is a sexual assaulter when the only thing that is but they say they've met the burden of proof on so far is that he broke their code of conduct. As you said, you can break a code of conduct with lots of different things. I could t- not tell a customer about the way insurance covers their phone. And that's technically a code of conduct breaking. Mm-hmm. So those two things are very different. We'll start with that. Okay. Well, I don't see where the point would be
0: because even if the NFL wins this, he's not going to go to jail. He's not going to be labeled a sexual assaulter because the case is, not did he commit sexual assault. The NFL is investigating whether or not your actions broke our code of conduct. So, again, you can only right. be called a sexual assaulter if you're proven
1: in a court of law. So, I, you know what? They prove but when people talk about it, when we talk about it, does that word came out of your mouth when you were giving your explanation the first time. Like, he's still mentioned that way. Whether or not he has a Megan's Law sign in his front yard, I guess, is different than how everybody talks about him. We're we're talking about like the she said oh the NFL proved okay. that, that he's a, a you know a violent sexual assaulter no they didn't she said he they met the burden of proof of proving he broke the code of conduct okay good I I will agree with that clearly this sucks for everybody involved the women Deshaun the franchises the league the fans are, this sucks just the whole thing sucks everything about it sucks the the parts that i think these guys especially since they were professional between Sue L. robinson and what he, peter harvey that's his name right yeah another guy okay are. okay they they were both actual you know professional lawyers professional judges they right. they did this for a living in those cases and whether or not it was assigned this way clearly it wasn't labeled it last year but he missed a year of work because of this already i have a feeling despite her not being allowed to say it, that part of the reason why her suspension was so low is because she counted the 17 games from last year. I understand that's an assumption, but that's an educated assumption on someone who typically would rule upon time served. Okay. But that
0: is, and here's why, if that's the case, it should be absolutely wrong and scrapped. When we talk about time served, right, it's something that comes from uh, when you're being, you're, you know, you're, you're in jail already before your court says date. And when you get sentenced, like oh, I was already fine. Yeah. He didn't play last year, but he didn't miss a dollar either. He didn't, he got paid for last season. Well, so, and
1: that's, that's where the one, so the it doesn't matter. She made, that's the egregious mistake. I think she made where you can't make that argument was because, and, and when I say you, I mean, me, right. Right. Well, um, she should have fined him. He, he should have been fined. If we're going to count that as time served, he should have been fined salary. his... Correct, correct. I believe his year salary last year was $11 million. He should have had an 11 to $12 million fine on top of the sixty game suspension.
0: That would have been much more supportive of the conclusion.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I do think that something like that would be similar to... or be something that is considered by this new guy. Like, okay, cool, you're going to count it as, as 23 games. 17 from last year, six from this year, then I can't let him get paid for those ones because he wouldn't get paid if we suspended him for 23 games going forward. So if anything, right. I think at minimum, he's looking at adding a fine and like a sizable fine. Well, that'll be the, the
0: floor of it has to be at least a fine. Right. Um, but obviously we're going to look for more, more suspension. So apparently the NFL does have its own definition of a sexual assaulter in their code of conduct policy, because, in her six-page, um, I'm sorry, in her 16-page report, Judge Robinson, she says she quotes the NFL carried its burden to prove by preponderance of the evidence that Mr. Watson engaged in sexual assault, in parentheses as defined by the NFL, against the four therapists identified in the report. So they're going to call him a sexual assaulter, but only by the by the by the terms of the league. I had no, I, I honestly even through all of this didn't realize that they had their own. Uh, definition of it in their own like in their league paperwork I I assumed that we would just follow the word of the law but apparently they you know the overlord he's got his um, his own set of everything there so she found that he engaged in conduct that posed a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person and conduct that undermines and puts at risk the integrity of the NFL I get how much of a joke that last sentence is I totally do but it's what they, it's what she said, um yeah, so dude, that's a pretty damning sentence of findings, like how that's what I'm talking, about. like how did you get to that, and then go, yeah, you're cool, six games, that's not even half of a season these days, so that right right there we go and <laughs>
1: and, and i, I that's guess, where I think it's gonna change okay and and I guess I guess where where we have to to get to is. You know, what, what status, like, what amount of time does somebody lose where you're like, all right, cool, I'm satisfied? Like, is there a point where he yeah. can miss a certain number of games? You come back, you're like, all right, sweet, I'm good with it now. Like, there's, the whole thing is so arbitrary in the oh, big scheme of things. But
0: you can start, you can start, so how many times do you have to be suspended to miss out an entire season
1: for, like, PEDs or weed, like Josh Gordon, like, he's like three I think it changes because, like, Calvin Ridley was instant. No, but he
0: wasn't a drug thing. He was betting on the NFL. Right, right. right. Well, okay, so – Everything
1: has different rules. So that kind of helps
0: what – well, I'm saying, but if you want to try to align it in the industry, like, let's say it's three suspensions It's – I'm sorry, it's three positive results for, you know, the, the wellness policy and you lose a year, like – they're saying they proved sexual assault against four people in this particular situation. So like, if I wanted to make the like the argument for a year, I would compare Like, Hey, he's got to do it three times to get a year. This guy, we just proved he did it four times. Like, let's just just jump to the year. Uh, But then, yeah, something like the Calvin Ridley thing could just be like, we can go to a
1: year just because I said, so it is entirely arbitrary. Um, Right. Right. And, and not only that, but it's something where like, there's no number that you could set that will satisfy certain people. I don't think that that's true either. I think that, and okay,
0: understanding and on this planet, we're never going to hit 100% satisfaction rate. But I feel like if you mm-hmm. go to just one, just a clean season, right, preseason to whatever God willing playoff games you guys make. One season, I think that everybody just, or 95% of people are just like, okay, that's, that's it. because. We will, I mean, I do understand he didn't play last year because of it, but he got paid for So I don't tend to feel bad for you not having to get nailed by behind a shitty offensive line. I'm not really going to sympathize over that. When you're still running your right. $11 million. But right. I get that now this is two years of probably your prime that you're not going to play. Okay, you didn't, by word or definition, rape anyone. The court has said that you're not a criminal. You're going to go to jail. Sure, you made us look bad and you broke our code of, our code of conduct and this is what your punishment has been. Like, I'm safe, and I'm pretty comfortable saying that with one season of it actually being the punishment, you're not getting paid, even though we saw how they got his contract worked out because this was always a possibility. But again, you're not getting paid. You are actually punished for the fucking bullshit you pulled. I I would personally be satisfied, and I've been one of the biggest advocates against this guy during this whole thing, especially when he was like linked to the Dolphins. I was like, please, God, no. Um, So I feel like a lot of people would not, I feel like we would not get any, any, any backlash in the media or anything else like that if he just came out and said, uh, we'll, we'll suspend you for the rest of the year and you're not going to get paid. And I'm give or take on giving last year's money back. Like, I guess if you put the fine in there, like, yeah, Roger really dropped the hammer. Uh, and if not, uh, as it is now, most people aren't going to talk about it because they only focus on not seeing him on the field as opposed to wanting to welcome him to his bank account. So I think there is a number that we can hit that will satisfy.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe I I listened to Schefter's podcast yesterday when he was, uh, he was talking with a female reporter who had just been in Cleveland the week before the, the verdict was, or not the verdict, but the suspension was first levied Mm -hmm. before they knew about the appeal from the league. And he was basically from what he had heard. And, you know, you take Schefter, I guess with a grain of salt, but from what he had heard the league wanted 12 Deshaun's camp wanted zero she came at six because in the past, those types of things, sexual assault, domestic violence, if there weren't criminal charges filed, typically they went with or somewhere around six games. He thought if they came back at eight games, or if she had come back with eight games, that the league wouldn't appeal. He said that six was enough to make the league uncomfortable. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's enough movement to get it to half the season. Um, I think Shefty was wrong.
0: Because in her, in her report, Robinson wrote that the NFL recommended that Watson be suspended for the entire regular season and postseason. So that's, oh, yeah. that's 17. I mean, that doesn't sound yeah. like they were. So you're just saying he, that's what he heard that they were going for as a realistic target was 12. So, so they were so when, putting 17 on paper.
1: Yeah, because so one of the weird parts about this is they've been negotiating. And, and I'm sure you've heard about this. This isn't anything that's, you know, I don't have any sort of insider information, but they were actually trying to negotiate the suspension. For like months, they've been trying to, before they reached Sue L. Robinson, Mm -hmm. they were trying to negotiate the suspension from the negotiation part of it. Like if they didn't have to negotiate with anybody, yes, full year to indefinite, like that, that would have been what Goodell would have done Mm -hmm. when they were negotiating the lowest they were willing to go was 12 Mm -hmm. and Deshaun's camp wanted zero. I'm sure that there was some movement towards the middle, but I don't. I'm not surprised that she ended at six. I can remember uh, Ezekiel get, got accused of something similar. It was just yeah. one person, but it was like an ex girlfriend right. Correct. Uh, they found out that she was lying to the police, but because of the the acquisa- or yeah the accusations,
0: right. And he even though like, there
1: were no criminal files, it was still two or three six. games. Right. No six. six. Was it six? six? It was six. So I think that was the last real precedent that she had to go off of. Despite there being many, many more accusations at the same time, this is still one thing. Like, there's a lot more evidence, I guess,
0: but it's still well, one thing. Even at just four, like, you still have to take that with more weight than one, even if it is one case, because you're just talking, those are all different. They're each an allegation of its own, just because they're being bundled together in a case should not, uh, should not decrease or take any merit away from each one individually.
1: Yeah. Again, we're talking two different it's atta- things. It's attached,
0: talking- it's attached to a human being. No, no I know we're kind of not talking two different things. You're saying that because it's one case against Elliott and one case against Watson, they should be treated the same, whereas it was one allegation against Elliot, and there are four that
1: we're looking at, or five and 25 in total or whatever. Like, that's am not, but- not going to look at that as the same thing. Well, and, and that's fair, but again, you're talking legalities. I'm talking the league. The league didn't say he gets four different six-game suspensions. No, they're going to they're going to well, it's no, ruled it's as one. That's it. all I'm saying. It's ruled as one. That's that's all well, I'm saying. It's one ruling. That's it's, it's absolutely
0: yeah. why it shouldn't yeah. match the ruling that was weighed as one accusation versus a ruling weighed with four. Like that the numbers just shouldn't be the same in those situations. Period. It doesn't think like, detached names. Four allegations in one case and one in the other should not equal the same number of suspensions. Like the same number of games just because well, of the weight of each situation.
1: Yeah, and and I I do think that the idea that one was criminal accusations, one was civil accusations, I don't think that that's can be discounted. And, and again, that's just, maybe I, I have a pessimistic view of the world, but I, I, I find that harder to believe.
0: But these started as criminal accusations, and they, they were just not, not they didn't? They, they did
1: not, no. They started to as civil.
0: file a police report for this.
1: They filed, They started as civil from that attorney That's been going after him in Houston. That was a huge Trump supporter. They, they, yeah, 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 absolutely. They started with criminal or I'm sorry, with civil. They asked for settlement. He said, hell no. Then he made it public. Then after it went public, that's when, after Deshaun's trade request, because he made his trade request in January, the accusations were made public in March. So and that was before they had any any sort of criminal stuff going on. It was civil first. He refused to settle to get them to go away. So then they went public. And that was the and part still that was ended sort of up like, settling. Huh. well, he ended up settling, I think, because the only way they couldn't have 24 outstanding cases and argue on his behalf as the Players Association, I mean, he waited a year and a half to settle with them. I,
0: see, it, if you didn't, I'm not giving you, quote unquote, hard earned money. Just for the hell of it. Just because you guessed the right guy to do this to. Like, yeah. you're trying to you're trying to preserve something from happening. And there has to be something that you – if you really didn't do anything, then you should not care at all and let all the evidence
1: come out and nothing will ever happen. And And I think uh, that for 18 months, that was his plan. And then when it came time that they could not agree on a settlement for suspension with the league, they couldn't agree on anything else, and they knew it was going to go to an arbiter. It was quite obvious that he was told by someone either within the team or the Players mm-hmm. Association, you need to get these to go away if we're going to have any chance of lowering your suspension. That was, that was extremely obvious. See, let's let's He think. waited for 18 months to do it.
0: So, whatever. All right. Well, that's the Watson situation. We've, yeah. Uh, it's going to suck. Long.
1: Everything's going to suck. Everything in my life sucks. We get, a, we get a franchise quarterback, and he's a rapist. God damn it. I mean – See, it's not mine.
0: But at the end of the day, as the way we the way we mentioned it about Mariners fans is, hey, he's there for a while. Like you don't have to. It's not do or die this one season. Just sit back. It's par for the course. It's another quarterback added to that list, and then you can get back on track next
1: year. Just boy, not making me feel any better. Uh, <laughs> in in the meantime, we we it's will funny. mention this just to keep my my circus of a life going Uh, who, who had the highest odds to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo as of this morning?
0: Oh, the Cleveland Browns did, but I I mean, (laughs) so you want it. Okay. Is it going to be a substantially better experience than, than Jacoby Brissett and and it's just take into consideration. You have to give up assets at some point for this.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's coming off shoulder surgery. I think you're giving up a conditional (laughs) fifth. It really, it's the payroll. That's the only thing you're worried about.
0: I don't want to give up any assets for that because yeah. yeah. And then it's payroll. Like I yeah. get, it's just the, the money you saved on Deshaun by only giving him a million this year. Like I get it, but. Uh, let me, uh... let
1: me, let me throw this in there too, just to, just to make sure we're all on the same page. Cause it's such an easy one to go after the last four years, all the Browns big free agent signings have all had a low first year number. Like this is not the first guy. Like they didn't design one. But they haven't
0: been a million dollars.
1: They're lower compared no, to their
0: average. No, Name a lot of them were higher signing notes.
1: bonuses. I, I will. Oh, I'll, okay, I'll okay, okay.
0: But what did he get a signing bonus?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And was it larger than what would be expected on yeah, a $250 the, million? I
1: mean, no, no. No, but signing bonuses aren't touched by suspensions. So yes, by definition. No, I get is that. There, is there a, a protection built in because the first year was that low? Yes. Right. So all, yes, all I'm trying it's to, this, say it's is, to say is not say that this is
0: this was just always the plan. It's just assign them to a million, which is not the case. Because again, none of those other none of those other players were quarterbacks, and none of them <laughs> were probably all, they probably weren't all pros either. Um, so. Okay, think, I'm, not, I'm not gonna. I'm not. We're not gonna go down that yellow brick road. We're just gonna okay. we'll leave that alone. We'll leave it alone. All right. All right. Well, we're running short on time, so let's 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 talk about let's dive into my tank down here, the yes, dolphins do tank. I'm, um, I'm super excited too because I honestly don't give a shit. Um, Stephen Ross has been suspended until October seventeenth. We have been stripped of one of our first-round draft picks next Which, year, I believe. Real quick, is that not one of the dumbest things you've ever heard? Like, who cares about the that? The owner suspension? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, what is again, that? Again, everything's about optics, bro. Um, so stupid. No, it's dumb shit. Uh, let's see. It's somebody else was suspended, like, for the entire season. I think he's got something to do, like, in our front office. I didn't recognize the name, to be honest. So it's not like um, – he's somebody on the money side, obviously. We're talking about tampering.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, the the key things here. So, this is let's get the details straight. The Dolphins had impermissible communications with Don Yee, who is the agent for Saints head coach Sean Payton, about having him come be our head coach. We did not seek consent from the uh, Saints to do so, and it occurred before Coach Payton announced his decision to retire as head coach of the Saints. Fuck, bro. He's gonna retire. You can talk to him then, I would assume. Yes. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. So, here it is. Vice Chairman and Limited Partner Bruce Beals fined half a million dollars and he cannot go to any games for their whole season. Yeah. Um, Investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. (laughs) <laughs> I know of no other instance of a team violating the prohibition of tampering with both a head coach and a star player to the potential determinant of other clubs over a period of several years. Meaning, we did this for a while and we went hard as fuck on this.
1: Yeah, um, 2019.
0: Yo, I can't believe I had no idea. We talked to him when he was still um, a Patriot. I had, yeah, I didn't. I thought this was only started with Tampa. Yeah. Um,
1: so when 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 Belichick and Flores were texting, like. Yeah, Belichick had a reason to be pissed off. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, in a one posit-
0: note of positivity, which is, um, which again I didn't care about either. But the Dolphins did not intentionally lose any games during the 2019 season. Nor did anybody at the club, including Mr. Ross, instruct Coach Flores to do so. No witness contended otherwise. That key point means it's not that we didn't figure out it happened. It's just nobody came out and sided with uh, with Coach Flores. So. I – personally, bro, oh, we got to win every – I don't have a problem tanking, man. If we know we're not going to do anything and there's somebody out there to go get that can incredibly increase our chances of winning over the next, I don't know, 10 years. Hey, man, it is what it is, bro. Like, if you want to tell me that the Colts didn't do that with uh, with Andrew Luck coming up after the Peyton Manning situation was working out the way it did, like, they didn't try to win any games this year. They didn't try to, I know yeah. Manning was hurt, but they could have gone out and tried to sign someone to do better. No, they put – I don't even remember who the fuck it was. That's how awful it was Uh, to go and get that. Right. So don't tell me that this is not a thing. And yeah, fine. It's against the integrity of the game, which again, is just a baloney fucking statement in this league. Right. Everybody's out there to win. and Everybody's going to do whatever the hell they can to do to win. And any, any presumption otherwise is just false. It's just a lie. You're you're just, you're living in denial. Correct. Um, So Cool. We didn't, quote-unquote, tank in 2019, as Flores said. Whatever. I actually probably believe that from Flores. Um, But we talked to Brady. We talked to Peyton when we shouldn't have. Again, in retrospect now, we can obviously see that they were bad ideas because because they were unsuccessful. But had we landed Tom Brady on either of those attempts – It's not like they would have taken him away from us. We would just lose the pick. At that point, losing the pick, everybody's going to have my attitude. Oh, who cares? We got fucking Tom Brady. Right? So I'm not on board with we're just going to attack Stephen Ross as being the worst owner. Like, dude, you want to win. You obviously were in a business that was even more cutthroat than the NFL. Because you obviously showed no remorse about the tactics that you were using. You went at them several times over a period of at least three years. And God knows what he's tried in the other 10 that he's on the team. Right. Um, So like, you know, you want to win, you put your money into this, you want to win. I'm going to, obviously you don't lose much in life and through your real estate, you know, career and stuff like that. So you probably had to do some things like this in the past and I'm sure that they were successful. Like, I'm not mad at it, bro. Like you swung and you missed. Now I get it. Here are the repercussions. And I guess the optics come with the repercussions of people just thinking you're inept because you missed. And they found out if, God willing, any other misses would come out. And, I mean, I have to assume this happens constantly. The difference is those owners don't fire a head coach who then goes on an emotional rampage trying to dismantle the organization afterward. Uh, man, I have switched tunes on that situation. <laughs> yeah, um, you have. <laughs> so, uh, But, yeah, like, whatever. We lost the first-round pick next year. We've got another one, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't pick a first-round player this year, and we're gonna be just fine. So now we get one next year instead of two. Not, not. It's not killing me. Not, not gonna say I'm gonna lose any sleep over it. Ross can't go to a game until the 17th. Cool, bro. We're on prime time the 23rd. He'll be back in the house when the cameras and the lights are on. Um, and this other guy can't go. this shit, bro! Half a million dollars, bro. If you have, if you are a limited partner in the in the, in the you know in the business, you're, you're half a million dollars. You're gonna be fine. This, all in all, is nothing other than a little, bad, a little bit of bad PR, but I think that it just proves that our owner is so desperate to win that he's literally going to do whatever it takes and that maybe we can strategize a little bit better going forward about how we, how we attack situations like this. So Okay. Free. Dig into them, okay. bro. Go for it. Go for it. I'm I'm uh, emotional, but it's they're positive emotions because it's like yeah, there yeah. there are so many things that have happened in this organization throughout
1: my lifetime alone that are so much worse than this that like this is I can take this bitch in stride. Well, we just spent 25 minutes talking about your star quarterback being a a, a rapist. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. You don't have that, so that's great. <laughs> exactly. Um. I, I, I mean, you're painting a lot, of, a lot of bright lights to someone who is supposed to be one of the caretakers of the league and, and clearly just is doing whatever. Granted, I am not uh, trying to play stupid that no other team does this. I mean, everybody does this. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these players, it's, it's just like any of the major sports. You know, you always talk about this in the NBA, how the, the, you know, hey, you can sign contracts at midnight and 1201, there's 17 contracts all at $100 million. Like, yeah, no, they just started talking. Mm-hmm. like no and they're all drawn out in legal in legal terms <laughs> and, you know on 40 pages right 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 so you know these guys don Yee, i'm sure has has players on you know every roster he's always talking to gms the idea that someone's name wouldn't come up in a discussion is just asinine i mean it, it clearly it does um i do think That the PR of just looking like a buffoon, I think, is is probably the worst. The worst part of all this, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, and and you know, first round picks this year, next year, they don't mean as much as maybe three, four years down the line, where you're like, oh damn, I really wish you would have had a first a couple years ago, because now we look kind of old. Like that's that's the only time that that stuff is going to really sink in. Um, and at that, we still got one,
0: and the one we gave up this year was Willie. Me, so like. Is it is doesn't... the one
1: next year the 49ers or is it yes. a different one?
0: No, it's the 49ers. Okay. So are well, didn't you... we kept the more valuable of the two. So just out of curiosity, didn't didn't
1: you trade next year's first for Tyreek Hill? No, that was this year's first. I thought it was two. Uh
0: it might have been the year after or we might have had another one, but I have seen that we still own the 49ers pick and that ours has been taken away. So Okay. I don't know. That's a good right. point, and I hadn't even thought about Tyreek. Because but... I was thinking
1: that the way it was going to work was they were going to give – they took years away, so then the one that you owe for Tyreek is going to turn into the Chiefs. or Yeah, go to the Chiefs. But that, that could be – maybe it was the year after. Maybe it was 2024. Um, but – No, we yeah, only traded I one mean... first for him.
0: So we traded this year's. 29th, we pay, We traded a second round, a fourth, um, all this year, and then a fourth and a sixth next year. So it was five picks oh, in total. You. Okay. Hey, man, all this right. doesn't so, look yeah. like a bad deal at all now after what I'm seeing in camp. Let's
1: go. Well, he's a very good receiver. Uh, yeah. Also, a, a not a great player, person. You know. You're, not fine. Great you're person. fine with that, so that's okay. Not
0: not fine. But, I mean, I'm sure that he has uh, his due process. He's, I mean,
1: uh. I'll <laughs> so be fine with he... Watson after his process is done. I was gonna say, so you're saying he didn't have criminal charges, so he he can play on your team, no problem. I see. Hey, see.
0: Anyway, um,
1: criminal problems, but yeah, okay. Well, you know, choking <laughs> pregnant girlfriends, whatever. Anyways, um, I, I, grand scheme of things, it's gonna be one of those things like Spygate, where you're just like, it's a stain that people kind of remember, but it's not really gonna. The Patriots won like what three more titles after Spygate, so. Like, clearly it didn't affect their team enough that it stopped them from winning. So I think this will be fairly similar. You'll – you know, people will remember it. They'll laugh about it, but it won't really impact on-field results very much.
0: No. um, I don't think – I don't think it's going to affect anything like that. And you, (laughs) we talked about Spygate and and – if they get it or whatever. There have only been three instances in NFL history where a team has been <laughs> stripped of a first-round pick. And, all and they're all Tom Brady. Now involved yeah. Tom Brady in some way, shape, or form. And it's like, a <laughs> good yeah. freaking God, man. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. I I think that it was strategically dropped the day after the Deshaun Watson thing to change the topic, as we all oh, privately yeah. discussed. Because yeah. um, I'm sure they've been holding on to this for a minute. It's not that severe. Um, it's people's jobs in the media to make it a big deal. I don't. I. I don't even just. I don't know. I don't see it as that big of a deal. Okay, we got stripped a first round pick. Like, I guess that's a big deal for the most part. But the fact that we have another one to supplement to it makes that kind of okay. And and I don't know. Everybody's trying to win, bro. You told me I got Tom Brady, dude. We got we got Tom. Like, it would be a very Similar incarnation to the team we have now, obviously without, like, Tyreek Hill. But, like, if it would have happened last offseason, we would have had, you know, Jalen Waddle with him and this defense. if This defense has been intact for three seasons. You tell me you're going to give me Tom Brady with this defense three years ago? He's won a Super Bowl in that time with a similar defense. And a a defense that's not even as good as what we could have provided for him and they got it done. So we could have put something together on offense at that point. It's Tom Brady. He's made it work with, like, fucking sheep. Like, it, it's Tom Brady. So like, I get I get the effort. I get it. Like it's not Yeah. You know, and you tried to get a head start on it by talking to him when he's still under contract or not fully retired yet or whatever it is that you did. Um but whatever, man, I ain't mad at you. Uh strategize a little better next time. Uh do not have a scorned ex-girlfriend who knows where the bodies are buried. Also, that that was um incredibly detrimental to this entire situation.
1: Well. So and and what are the chances that if they didn't try it again this year when he was still under contract with the Bucks? Oh, the that, only like, reason they did it is because they fired Flores and that started.
0: They would have chased him again, I'm sure.
1: No, I, I was gonna say, no, they contacted him before they fired Flores.
0: Brady? No, but that was that was it was the nineteen off season and then the twenty one off season. And then this is technically the twenty two off season, which is when they fired Flores. So they didn't talk to him this year, I don't think
1: what would be the point of talking to him the 21 off season so the the year that he right after he won the super bowl they talked to him yeah cuz it was he was supposedly maybe retiring or this and that yeah
0: remember that was a whole big conversation then that
1: was he was going to was... retire on top and like I, I thought it was know. the off season after the twenty one season, which would have been this I, like this last could, like what we're I mean, in right now. I could be wrong, but I'm almost sure it wasn't this off season. That this was because wouldn't it made sense to talk to him like when he's retired? <laughs> like that would have made sense, right? But they didn't know he was going to retire, and the fact that he didn't is what made this. Um...
0: Yeah, with Brady after. Uh, after the 2021 season, while he was still in the contract yeah. with Tampa, my bad. Okay, yeah. you're right. So, and so then now. in the 19,
1: from 19 to 20. So okay. Yeah. Okay. So before he went to the Bucks, and then this year, like when he retired, that's what I mean. If he did, if they didn't try it again this year, then they probably would have been fine. But it was so recent that all the other stuff came out too, when they investigated yeah. all the stuff. Flores said,
0: "Yeah, well, it's not the end of the world. We'll be all right." Uh, am I am I stupid contact. or did Flores
1: was Flores behind them going after Brady? <laughs> um, Flores he did come directly from the Patriots, right? <laughs> but he from from his story
0: is he had said no from the get go, and he when he showed up that day to the yacht and was kind of like ambushed, saying, "Oh, Brady's already here." Like the story is Ross invited him out to the yacht um to just meet a business partner or something like that and when flores got there he was bamboozling supposedly it was brady and he left like he the story is he turned around and left so that makes it seem to me like that's not what he wanted maybe he didn't want to do it that way because he knew it was wrong not necessarily that he didn't want tom brady but this guy has portrayed himself as like you know a fucking boy scout um and i mean i i wouldn't i buy it he comes from the patron, well, no, not that they're saints or anything, but like it's I very was gonna say. strict and like military ish up there. And he seems like a very military minded person. So, like, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if he in particular was a Boy Scout, right? You can have yeah. non Boy Scouts around you in that organization still be okay. Or um, just if you're going to do it
1: military style, you don't do it out in the open on a yacht. Right.
0: Right, you, right, right. Do, oh. you do that behind
1: closed doors. That's when you're In a fucking bunker. Yeah, it's a <laughs> nuke bunker. <laughs> you, um, you have to know where to tamper. You, you can't be out in the open like that.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. Let's see. It, it doesn't affect the team this year. It it nah, moderately no. affects the team next year. But we'll be we'll be all right. I am excited. Our next episode, we are going to dive into camp. Um, everybody's camp for, for anybody who's worth talking about. But definitely the Dolphins. Uh, because, man, it is exciting. Tua looks like he has been unleashed. He is dropping Alabama-style dimes 30 and 40 yards down the field to our uh, receiving core made up of several versions of the Flash, uh, which is awesome. So we are the fastest offense in this league, and it's not even going to be close, and I cannot wait to see it. But, yeah, that's a story for another day. We were going to get there. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up, sir?
1: Uh, no, no, I think I'm good. Uh, we, we have NFL football or at least NFL or college football every week going forward. Uh, the hall mm-hmm. of fame game was what yesterday or the day last before. Night. So that's cool. Last, last night. night. Um, we'll get into some basketball next time too. Cause your team, uh, yes. keeps being mentioned with the two biggest trade targets. So we'll go over that at some point. Uh, we will see if we get some movement as the season gets closer, but yeah, we'll do some, Do some training camp. Excited about that. Excited to see how the teams look and go from there.
0: All right. Looking forward to it. We will do it uh, in Sooner fashion, everybody. Football does get us together more often. So now we are back into football season. You can expect our episodes to be a little bit more on a regular cadence like we used to be every week or two uh, going forward. So let's see what's going on. We appreciate you joining us for episode uh, 29 of Three Major Sports. Please make sure to follow us out on Instagram, at three major sports, uh, interact with us, send messages, uh, request to be on the show. We're ready to take some fans on as uh, as guests of the pod. Uh, so, whatever you want to do to interact with us, keep it going and rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. So, all right, my friend, take it easy. Have a good weekend. and too, buddy. Bring on some football. All right, take care. Later. All right.